Pittsburgh Steeler fans, welcome back to another. It's a winning post-game podcast. That's right. The Pittsburgh Steelers were victorious 27 to 24 over the Tennessee Titans. And I got to be honest, before we even get started, before I introduce my co-host, I want to make something very clear. There's a lot of people out there that are probably down in the dumps right now. But you know what? You shouldn't be because the Steelers are 6-0. and And the last time a two teams met that were undefeated this late in the season, the winner always represented the Super Bowl. The Steelers won. I don't care how they won. I don't care that they look crappy in the second half. I don't care that the offense forgot to come out of the, the locker room at halftime. The Steelers win. Fans should be happy. And with that, I bring in Brian Anthony Davis and Dave Schofield to talk it out as we always do. Brian, what's going on? What are your knee-jerk reactions? It's 2 a.m. somewhere. <laughs> yes, boys. It looked pretty. It looked like you were going to get the <laughs> supermodel at 8 p.m. It looked wonderful. You were already phoning your friends saying, hey, I'm not going to be back uh, to the apartment later. And then things fall apart. She goes home with a hot guy. But around 2 a.m., you look across the bar, you get that wink, and you're like, I'll be yeah, okay. We'll take it. <laughs> You'll take it. Dave Schofield, what's going on? Oh, this is going to be some interesting numbers when I go to break these down for yes. tomorrow morning because it, let's just say this. The Steelers played an undefeated team, yep, and they were minus three in turnovers, and they still won. Still won. W. Yep, still that's won. Right. That's, that's saying something. That's saying something. When you could be minus three, not against a bad team, against an undefeated team, Minus three. And honestly, that's the only only reason the game was close. If it wasn't for the minus three, it's not even going to be a close game. No. And it, this is a game that, in my opinion, it almost felt like everything that could go against Pittsburgh, and I'm not talking about penalties. I mean, there were some bad ones, but just tip balls and, and deflections that are just going right to the Titans. It felt like everything was tilted Tennessee's way, especially in the second half. And that's football. That happens. That that happens all the time. But before we went on the air, Brian said to me, the Steelers typically don't win these type of games, Jeff. And he's right. The Steelers are typically on the other end. We're normally, I actually, I gotta be honest. I gotta be honest. I typed up on Twitter. I'm tweeting during the game. I typed up, Goskowski's kick is good. We're headed to overtime. And I was ready to hit tweet. <laughs> and then I was like, oh my gosh, he missed it. Then if you watch that play again, didn't it look like Minka Fitzpatrick or someone on the left side jumped off sides that jumped it early? And I'm like, oh my gosh, if they just jumped off sides and he missed it and then they they call him off sides, I mean, it would be like, what was that, 2002, Brian, all over again, except it was roughing the uh, kicker. It wasn't off sides where Nedney and yep. – Oh gosh, that Tennessee Titans game. I hate that team. I really no, don't like no. Washington. This that is son of a B Nedney. Oh. <laughs> this is karma. Karma, baby. <laughs> what goes around comes around. I gotta be honest though. There's I really don't like the Titans. I really don't. And it goes back to that Nedney performance. Then it's the whole um Keith Bullock and the terrible towels and Lendale White. That was I forget what year that was, that they were the dominant team in the AFC. Go ahead, Brian. 2008. They went 10 and yeah. 0. They that went was no that season and who won the Super Bowl. Yes, I was. I I, can't, I don't like that team, man. I don't like that team. I don't like Mike Vrabel. He reminds he's just I'm glad the Steelers won. That's right. You can play like dog crap for two quarters and still win. That's big. And we're going to talk about all of that. But guys, I think personally, before we get into the dive into the numbers and the stats and the grades and all that stuff, I think this is the perfect way to go into week eight. The perfect way to go into week eight. First and foremost, there were no 
major injuries of no. Dave and I were going back and forth on our Slack channel. Yes, Chooksakora for Deontay Johnson and Robert Splain all did leave the game, but they all came back. So that's a good thing, number one. So you don't have that huge injury that's kind of looming over your head. But number two, you win the game, you stay perfect. But my gosh, you know that they're not going to be on their high horses going into week eight. There's no way, not against Baltimore. Baltimore's coming off a bye. But guys, I don't want to talk about Baltimore. I want to get your thoughts on just the way that the team's going to be leaving this game, their second road game, second road win of the season. Brian, we'll start with you. It's simple. I could hear Mike Tomlin right now. Fellas, you had a great first half. You were dog crap in the second half. You were lucky to leave the state of Tennessee with a victory. That means that you know how to play this game. You have an opportunity to go ahead and do so much more. You're a special team. Remember, you made some mistakes, but you were able to overcome them. Let's take that and make it even bigger. And we've got this. Dave, what are your thoughts on this? The Steelers now with the win, it was ugly, wasn't pretty. We all know that. 2 a.m. But at the same time, how do they go into week? They're, they're leaving week seven and turning into week eight. Yeah, it's I like what you said of you get the win over a quality opponent, but yet it's not in a way that makes you feel like you can, you know, breathe easy. You've got You've talked about this from when you're from your lacrosse coaching days, right? You don't like yeah. winning in the blowout because you want to no. teach at, you know, and teach as you learn and win and move along. You know, that's something that you want to do. So there's an awful lot to take away from this. Um, we'll continue to break it down here, but um I, I I think Brian had a nice prediction, and Jeff didn't who all said that Henry was going to get 75 yards because I think he finished with exactly 75 yards. We we had some interesting things we called for this game. Yeah, let me I can try to find my over-under sheet somewhere here. In the meantime, Sean Manahan, yeah. he gave us two dollars way back when we were starting the show. He's in Steelers six and oh, first in the AFC. Here we go. There's only two unbeatens, and we won't know. There might only be one. There might only be one after Sunday night football when the Seattle Seahawks is the other unbeaten team. They have to play the Arizona Cardinals. That's going to be a huge NFC West matchup. Uh, thank you, by the, Sean, for the uh, tip. We appreciate that. Isaac Aguilera puts $5 in the tip jar. He says Spillane sacrificed his body to stop Henry down there in the touchdown zone. Great game, 6-0. <laughs> and oh. He's referring to Brian talking about the touchdown zone and the um, not enough time penalties that are called often on the uh, on teams. <laughs> Is that not what he said, not enough time? No. Oh, what, what was it? <laughs> oh. Uh, Come on, it was... It was- a oh. delay of game? <laughs> yeah. I, I'm sure I didn't mess that one up. No, there was another one that you had that was You good. said something because I was like, what is that, like too many men on the ice? And you were like, oh. All right, anyways, getting bent with Bo gives us two boxes. Let's go Steelers 6-0, man. It sure feels good. It does feel good. I'm I'm more jacked up for this win after than the Browns game last week, believe it or not. Um, my Melanated Scope donates $4.99. He says they keep piling on Connor and hitting the pile late. No flags on those. That – Female ref uh, felt like she kept tossing flags at us, but a win's a win. There's a lot of people on Twitter and social media that that definitely were not happy with some of the calls that were made. Uh, But you know what? It is what it is. I found my sheet here for the, uh, I found my sheet for our over under. I said, 
75 yards. I didn't write down who said what, though. My bad. <laughs> <laughs> All right, here we go. Tom says, 6-0, and baby. Ugly. W still count. Was it me or was Ben making some really bad reads in the second half? Ebron was open on the last INT. Had he looked to the right? Let's – I don't want to get into this. We're going to get into all these picks and stuff. Uh, I didn't mind the throw to Juju. He was covered by a linebacker. The linebacker had his back turned. If maybe Ben throws the ball a little bit higher in the air, uh, Juju has a better hand. He had to go around the, the linebacker to try to make that catch a really, really difficult catch. So let's get right into things, guys. Here we go. The stat line for Ben Roethlisberger, where we always start. 32 of 49. I thought he would throw the ball a lot. I just didn't think he would throw it 49 times. 268 yards, 5.5 average, two touchdowns, three interceptions. He was not sacked in this game. He was not sacked in this game. He got hit, but he was not sacked. A dreadful 64.4 rating. Guys, Ben Roethlisberger, it was basically the tale of two halves. What are your thoughts? What's your grade for Big Ben? We'll start with you, Ryan. I'm giving Ben Roethlisberger a C. Look, I have to. He had three interceptions. Uh, You know, some of those were, like you just said, and like the Super Chat just said, there were some bad reads. Ebron was definitely open at the end. That that, uh, interception at the end of the first half was a killer as well. They had a chance to put them away, and they did not. I did not love the the play calling Um, late in the uh, first half early in the second half. And I believe a lot of that was Ben. Uh, So I'm going to say not a great game from Ben, but Hey, bottom line, still a W. It is still a W real quick before we get to Dave. um, YZ L I M A Q gives us $5 that the Steelers need to keep their foot on the opponent's neck. No mercy. And Maxwell Holcomb, another $5 tip. We really appreciate you all today. You guys are very generous today. Ben was pressing a bit. He'll get it right next week. Dave, Go ahead. That's a good segue in there. Uh, what, what's your grade on Ben Roethlisberger? Oh, Brian's about right. I'll give him a C plus. I mean, he did some good things at times, but he also, to me, I think this game changed so much that interception at the end of the first half. That to me was where it just seemed like things weren't the same. I w- not to say Boswell would have hit a fifty-five yard field goal if they if if they just throw that incomplete. Do you, I mean, do you take the 55 yarder at the end of the first half? I would have at least attempted it. I thought they were going to try to get short and out of bounds and then, you know, just make it a little bit closer. But normally I would also say, hey, yeah, go for it. You know, go, go for the jugular, go for the touchdown at the end yeah. of the first half. And they did. And that play happened. And things just, I didn't have the confidence in this offense the remainder of the second half. How about you guys? Cause I mean, even on that long drive at the end, I'm just like, it's, it was just one of those games. It's things just happen to go well for the Titans. How many times has Ben had a ball batted down at the line of scrimmage this year? Finally, the one ends up in the arms of the other team, yeah. you know, one of those things. So some of these things were just kind of not all falling the right direction. So I, I can't give Ben a great grade, but it wasn't that terrible. I do think that, um, I don't know. I'm really going to have to break it down a little bit further than that. Yeah, and we're going to get a chance to digest this. This is all just knee-jerk kind of stuff here, but I'm going to give him a C. And real quick, to, about your point on the uh, end of the half, to me, yeah, the, the decision to go deep was was not a good one. I don't know if that was on Ben or Randy Feetner or whoever. To me, 
The issue was with the false start on Eric Ebron. Yes. When Ebron jumps off sides, it throws everything else out of whack. All of a sudden, it goes from you're already in a comfortable field goal range. You can kind of think about how you want to approach this. I think then it turned to, okay, we need to, we're going to take a couple shots at the end zone. Maybe they didn't trust Boswell kicking that direction. Maybe they didn't think he had the leg. Uh, maybe in warmups, he wasn't hitting deep. I don't know what it was, but for me, the Ebron false start is what really killed that sequence. And the Steelers were, they, they, they were penalized a lot, but back to Roethlisberger, the one thing, this is the first time, and let me look up the numbers here, 49 passes to 25 rushes. That's what was missing. Yeah. People say like, it didn't look right in the second half. It's because it wasn't balanced for some reason. Then James Conner got the majority of his runs in the, in the, in rush and yards in the first half. And then they just kind of abandoned the run in the second half. You think when you have a big lead like that, you're leaning on the run. Not that you go run, run, pass, punt, which they did that plenty in the second half, but you just think that you would stay more balanced. It was a strange adjustment in the halftime. You you think back to week three against Houston where they come out in the second half, they make some really good adjustments, and they end up dominating. It was like the complete opposite offensively. They came out, they made adjustments, but it were kind of dumbfounding. So I give Roethlisberger a C. You all give him a C plus. That's fine. Alan Johnson gave us $5. We appreciate that. He said, appreciate all the work and game analysis helps me understand the game better. Thank you, Alan, for the $5 tip. We do sincerely appreciate it. So does Tony Defio. who just got a new microphone. I think he likes it. <laughs> um, <laughs> all right. Uh, let's go with the next player. Let's go to the running game. Okay. James Conner rushes for 82 yards on 20 carries 4.1. Would have had a touchdown receiving, but he dropped the pass. He had another one that was negated by a, uh, I think that was the face mask on Chooks yeah. of 4-4. Um, other than that, Benny Snell had two carries. He had a touchdown on the ground. But they they did not run the ball a lot outside of James Conner. And Conner averaged 4.1 yards. I thought he had a great game. Brian, what's your grade for uh, Jimmy C? I give Jimmy C and the boys an A. Look. If it wasn't for uh, if the game was more balanced and they had more opportunities to run in the second half, they would have. So they're not calling the plays. If Jimmy C was calling the plays, then he's calling a bunch for himself. I thought they had a great game on the on the ground. The running backs were pretty good. I, I'll even uh, credit Jalen Samuels at the end of that game with uh, with a really nice first down as well. Yep. Okay. What about you, Dave? Ground game, A or just Connor? Well, first I want to say is James Connor should have should have had 19 rushing attempts for 92 yards, but Ben Roethlisberger decided to flip that ball backwards to him and have, and lose 10 yards, which was not which was another one of those things that kind of bothered me with Ben Roethlisberger. Is that you know he's gotten away with some of those things. This wasn't the game, especially the second half, that he got away with those things. So Connor ran well. Better average than than Derrick Henry. More yards on the same number of carries. I think that he that he ran hard. I'm giving James Conner. I'm giving him an A. I just I, I wish they would have pounded the ball more in the second half, and he could have even had an A plus. I'm going to give Conner. Uh, I'm going to be a tough grader on him here and give him a B plus. He did fumble the football. Oh yeah, although, yeah, although that was uh, it was recovered by the Steelers, so we don't really remember that too much. But he put the ball on the turf, and then that drop pass. I mean, he, he makes the play. Mm earlier in the game with one hand and then he has an easier play and does not get it. But I thought the ground game when given a chance, they did a good job. They did a good job. Isaac Aguilera. He's given us five bucks. He's another 
$5. We appreciate that. He said, another thing, the first drive took nine minutes and ended with a touchdown. I think that kind of set the tone early and kept Henry from getting the ball early. Absolutely. You saw if the if there is a recipe for success against Tennessee, it's that you have to take Derrick Henry out of the equation. But I give Tennessee credit. They did not abandon the run. Uh, even when they were down, they still did try to get uh, Henry the ball and get him involved early and often. And uh, yeah, so we'll get here. Iman says, is Deontay a, a wide receiver one now or a top wide receiver? He put, gave us four ninety nine. We appreciate that. He said uh, they drafted him using the pick they got for trading Antonio Brown to the Raiders. How poetic. I don't know, guys. It means struggled to stay healthy so far this year, but is Deontay Johnson a number one wide receiver? Brian? They're a number one receiving unit, and that's the best I can give you on that because it's not going to be Deontay Johnson next week. It could be Chase Claypool again. Juju looked like a number one receiver a lot of the day as well. He just didn't get into the end zone like Deontay Johnson did. So uh, we really didn't see uh, Jimmy Washington at all. We didn't see uh, Ray Ray get any uh, get anything as far as oh, Ray targets. Ray. So uh, there was not much screaming for Ray Ray ex except for that one great return. Um, but you know what? It was a two-headed monster as far as receivers today. And you could really, uh, as much as uh, Deontay Johnson played a great game, he's the one who got the got the two in the end zone and the touchdown zone. And I'm not sure who somebody, I'm not sure who predicted that on bold and bizarre predictions the other day. Um, and in the article, I'm not sure somebody on this line is your arm. Okay. From patting yourself on the back. I, I can't hey, tell. Did you hurt I, yourself? I, I don't get to do that very often. <laughs> and it's usually Dave that gets to do that. So That's I'm, I'm going to go ahead and uh, say that, you know, Juju had a pretty good game receiving as well. So, yeah, no, I mean, it's going to be somebody different next week. That's the glory of this stable. Well, let's let real quick before well, Dave, before you chime in, hold on. Sean yeah. Manning gives us $2. A really good point. I didn't want to let this pick yeah. up by first time in 23 games that the Steelers opening drive ended with a touchdown. So that streak ends. Um, the streak with the sack continues. We'll talk about that in a second. Dave, uh, go ahead and chime in on Deontay Johnson as I look up the receiving stats. Okay. I'm sorry. I, I have to bring this up because X Eddie B said, Dave, they played hard. <laughs> now, what That's I was going to say was, was, was about, you know, the whole thing of Deontay Johnson being a number one. I like the whole notion of everyone being number twos. But if, you, if I were to tell you coming into this game that James Washington and Chase Claypool combined would have one reception for negative two yards, you would say, my goodness, what happened to the Steelers? Yeah. But that's because of this wide receiver group. It's just, it's going to be a different guy every time based on what they give him. You're right. And YZLIMAQ gives us another $5. But you are really generous today. I can't, I can't say enough. Uh, what do you think about Claypool slant pass interference? No replay. Look, this is one of the, that was one of those phantom calls. So he's talking about it's fourth quarter. They run the slant to uh, Chase Claypool. Claypool looks like to me that it at least warranted a measurement. Okay. Would have been close. He gets tackled, but then there was a flag on the play. The officials come out and say that the, they ruled that it was short of the yard to gain, but that there was an offensive pass interference call. They don't say a number. There's I don't no think it was on Claypool. I think they no, were saying it was either. one of the other guys blocking, but 
what about the guys from the Titans blocking on that fourth down? Or I mean, they come off the line. I mean, they basically Minka, held Minka yeah. Fitzpatrick off the line, and then he comes back to recover, and they call the holding on Fitzpatrick. That was ridiculous. And so you have, well, no, but it, it was a phantom call. There was yeah. no number announced, no replay, and all of a sudden, then the Steelers get backed up. I believe. They said it was uh, Jeffrey Benedict says his offensive pass interference was on Jalen Samuels blocking. Again, I didn't see it. Yeah, I didn't see it. And no one, I, I guess CBS sucks because they lost the feed lost in the middle the of the feed. game at a crucial point of the game. Um, and I believe it was, wasn't it the next, wasn't that the sequence that ended with the tip pass that was intercepted? Yes. Um, yeah, it was on that drive. All right. And then Brandon Keene, he gives us $4, four ninety nine. He says, I thought as a defender, you have to turn to the ball. That's a, if you make yeah. if you make contact, he didn't make contact with Juju. I watched another replay. I'm like, should they have yeah. called pass interference? And he was up. He didn't turn. His arms were up, but he didn't make contact with Juju. That was actually on that linebacker. That was a pretty good defensive play. But Ben should have thrown that a little bit higher where only Juju could get it. The now that I'm talking this out, the officials did. I did, I thought they didn't have to. <laughs> I really no, thought they, they had, didn't. You know what? The, one of those frustrating things for me, and I understand that we have a TV angle and we're we have it. We're elevated. Some of the spots are just god awful. I mean, atrocious. For as many as they get right, like Derrick Henry being ruled down at the one, they get wrong with a bunch of others. It's it's a, a, absolutely asinine. Can I, I give another example? Because it sure. was James when James Conner was diving to the end zone. Sorry, the touchdown zone. Sorry, Brian. Um, and okay. and they and they deemed that he wasn't in. It was the right call, but they put the ball back at like the two yard line, yeah. but it was obviously inside the one. And I think that was a so, first down. I think they actually could have gotten yeah. a first down in that situation. Yeah. Yep. And those are the it plays worked out all right, though. Yeah, it did. Steelers win. All yeah. right, so let's go to the receiving core. Boy, these numbers were crazy. So Juju Smith-Schuster, nine catches, eighty-five yards, fourteen targets, nine point four average. Deontay Johnson, nine catches, 80 yards, two touchdowns, 15 targets, uh, 8.9 average. Ebron, six catches for 50 yards. I'm looking back at my sheet here. I said 60 yards, and he was under there. So if you guess, the I said 50. You're right. Um, He had a long of 22, 8.3 average. He had eight targets. James Conner, three for 29. Vance McDonald, two for 14. Ray Ray McLeod, two for 12. And like you said, James Washington was only targeted once and had no receptions. Claypool, one catch for minus two yards. Uh, yeah, there you have that. So, guys, holy cow, that's a, a lot of people had receptions in this game. How do you grade the receiving core? Brian, we'll start with you. I'm only going to give the receiving core a B minus, and I'll tell you why. Those guys were not you know, completely catching balls especially earlier on there were some drops and there were there was three drops early and there were too many drops in that game so i you know sure deontay johnson had two touchdowns juju had a good game they had a good enough game to win but i can't give them anything better than a b minus dave what about you yeah i'm gonna give them a b I, I like what Brian said about the drops. I also think, have you, I don't know about you guys, but it ever, it seems like generally when there's a miscommunication between the quarterback and the receiver, that receiver is usually Deontay Johnson. Yes. Like, like, like he took off and Ben was wanting to do the back, back shoulder throw and, and things like that. But he's been injured. So I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt. Um, he's still my favorite player ever of all time. Um, <laughs> Naturally. And, and, and everything. But, I like how the Steelers, I mean, Juju had a good game, but of, 
it wasn't super flashy. He just did what he had to do. And how many times, especially early on, did they throw short of the sticks on third downs and the receivers got the first down? That kind yeah. of bounces it up for me a little bit. I'm going to give the receiving core a B. I, I, the drops were key, as you all mentioned, um, and they're they're spreading the ball around. I mean, when you come to when it comes to the passing attack, when that many people have receptions, that's crazy. All right, Sebastian, he gives us five. I think that's a euro. I don't know what sure. are we calling those. We had kangaroo. We, no, it was it was it was, it was it was dingo, dingo dollars, dingo, dingo dollars, <laughs> dingo dollars. The Canuck bucks, and then a euro. What are we calling those? <laughs> Euro cash. Euro cash. <laughs> Instead of Euro trash. Yep, exactly. we'll, we'll, think, we'll think about it. I'm not told on that. It says, keep it at three, number twos, let our opponents, he's talking about the receivers, let our opponents try to shut down one every week. What leaves the other two open? Twist it up every week. I agree with that, Sebastian. Very good. And thank you for the tip. We appreciate that. Um, there you go. Let's talk about the offensive line before we leave offense. And let's kind of figure that out again. They did not allow a sack on Ben Roethlisberger looking at the quarterback hits for the Titans. Only three Ben got hit a couple times, but he, for the most part had a good pocket to throw from. Um, other than that, they rushed for a total of 94 yards. So did not rush for a hundred yards guys. If you're grading the offensive line, how are you grading them? Brian, go ahead. I'm giving the O line an A except for some mental errors on a couple penalties by Chooks. A pretty good game, solid game. The mistakes that they made had nothing to do with uh, Ben being pressured. Those interceptions, they weren't pressure situations as far as I'm concerned. So I thought they had a pretty good game. Dave? I'm going to go A-. minus. I, I Like Brian said, a couple penalties early. It's really nice that you weren't getting uh, penalties late on the offensive line. Um, I'd like to see sometimes on some of those pass plays, maybe, I mean, a part of this is defenders playing back. So it's really hard to say, but I'd like to see a little bit more punch out of them to make the defenders keep their hands down. That would, that would be nice. Um, but I mean, that's what those guys are paid to do though. Those, those, um, defensive linemen and edge rushers is, is to knock down passes. So I can't say too much about that, but, uh, I think over, overall, they did pretty solid. I thought Gerald Hawkins that came in for a little bit. I thought he blocked well when he came in as a, as an extra blocker and he had to fill in for Chooks for a little bit while Chooks came out due to injury, but then he came back in. I'm going to give an A because the offensive line doesn't control what plays called. They just have to execute. They yeah. didn't give up a sack, and I thought they opened up some good holes. I didn't like some of the runs, the the calls themselves that were were, you know, put out on the field. I, I do love. I think that Matt Filer and Vance McDonald pulling is a very effective play. They they went back to the mm -hmm. well a couple times, but um, you know, it, it is what it is. I'll give them an A. I thought they played a good game. Brandon Keen gives us two ninety nine. Thanks again. He said best first quarter I have seen in the Tomlin era. Might be the best first half. That was a great half yeah, all around by the Steelers. Let's do it this way before we go to our first break. Let's do our offensive game ball since we're wrapping up the offense in this part one of our podcast. Brian, who's your offensive game ball going to today after the win? I'm still going to give it to Deontay Johnson, even though I've been a little bit critical of him. I mean, two touchdowns, uh, those 15 targets. Uh, it wasn't a perfect game, but enough to earn it. Dave, who are you giving it to? Believe it or not, I. I think the strength of the offense today was James Conner, and he could have been even more if he that. if he would have got the ball. I mean, they don't like that. Once again, 20 carries. No one's gone over 21. But it, it seems like maybe they could have got a little bit more going. But I thought he did very well with what he was given. I'm going to go with Juju Smith-Schuster. 
because he's a guy that had two catches and six yards last week. He's supposed to be the number one receiver. He's supposed to be the guy that all the defenses are trying to take out of the equation. And he had a great game today and, and they're not flashy numbers. Like I think Dave said, it might've been Brian. I don't know who nine catches, 85 yards, 28 yards was his long reception, 14 target. He didn't hit pay dirt. I understand that, but he's getting those tough yards and those yards after the catch. Um, he had that spinorama for a first down <laughs> where the guy, he got hit high and low and wow, it was a, there were some hard hits in this game. When we get to the defensive yeah, side, there were, this was a hard hitting game. These Both players, were, these, these players were playing like this was personal. And I think that was very appropriate because I'm sure the Steelers were still kind of ticked off about the week four situation Two five and O teams, a lot of pride between these two organizations, but the Steelers obviously come out on top 27, 24. So that's a wrap. That wraps the offense. If you're on our audio side, if you're listening to us on a podcast platform, Go check out part two. We're gonna we're gonna talk about the defense. There's a lot to talk about there. And if you're on YouTube, don't go anywhere because we're not going anywhere. So stay tuned. We'll be right back.